0: Another week of college football is in the books. It continues to fly by. But yet again, this college football season absolutely delivered. UPS style, FedEx style, Amazon style, Papa John style. However you get your delivery, college football continues to show up at your doorstep each weekend and give you some great matchups. We're going to break everything down. want to make sure before I bring my co-host in here, You hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Uh, We go live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. We take live calls. We have a live chat. You can find us on YouTube, obviously, here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, the Daily Wire, the Daily Wire Plus. All that jazz. And with having said that, one of the biggest games of the weekend went about exactly like we said it was going to go for about the past two weeks. Maybe a little bit even more ground and pound in the second half. Former Michigan quarterback David Cohn. My brother, former Western Colorado wide receiver, Blaine Crane. David, I want to start with you. All right, we're going to start here with Michigan-Penn State. Obviously, you look at the numbers. Michigan didn't run, didn't throw the ball once, I believe, in the second half. Didn't really have to. J.J. McCarthy ends up going 7-8 for 60 yards, no touchdowns. But on the ground, Blake Corum, 26 rushes, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards, 10 rushes, 52 yards of touchdown, including a huge touchdown on third and eleven. They hit him a couple times on third and long, twice on the ground. But, David, when you look at this game, we said all week, Penn State has not shown you or shown us the ability to hit explosive plays. And Michigan is like gravity. It's a John Mayer song, right? It's the first thing when you get past the, the Kuiper belt or whatever. You, you start to feel it. And over time, eventually, if you're not able to hit some explosives, which Drew Allen and them weren't once again, 10 for 22, 70 yards, one touchdown, Catron Allen had 12 carries for 72 yards, no touchdowns. Obviously, Drew Aller had the the touchdown on the the quarterback scramble there. But when you look at this game, I feel like it went exactly like how Michigan thought it was going to win or go and exactly how they needed it to go with or without Jim Harbaugh, which we'll get into a second. But just, I mean, what do you think, man? That was just a smush fest.
1: Well, I have to say there's been a lot of emotions uh, over here in this household since the last time I saw you guys, which was uh, Friday morning. You know, the news breaks Friday afternoon that uh, Michigan's going to be without head coach Jim Harbaugh. And then there was a filing of a temporary restraining order, but it's a national holiday and they couldn't get it done in time. And, you know, just the move by Big Ten Commissioner Tony Patetti to to, you know, suspend Jim Harbaugh while he's on the plane on route to State College I think is such a gutless and spineless move and it's sort of indicative of the conference writ large you know new commissioner but same sort of problems Um, you know for this team to to, to get off the plane and to go play without their head coach in that fashion I thought that says everything you need to know about these young men some of the play calling down the stretch was I surprised I mean if you told us we weren't going to throw a pass in the second half I thought okay well it's the Midwest it's Big Ten football maybe a blizzard came through overnight or something I don't know if Jerome Moore just went in there and said what is the what is the best way that we can embarrass Penn State and it's by not throwing a pass in the second half I it, I don't know if that's the case or not but I was a little bit surprised that sort of game plan is not going to win the football game in two weeks against the Buckeyes that sort of game plan is not going to beat Georgia or Alabama but that's not who they were playing they were playing Penn State, and I think Sharon Moore knew exactly what you've been saying all week, Jake. They knew what they had on the opposite side in Drew Aller. They knew what Penn State's strengths were and what their weaknesses were, and they said, hey, we'll take an eight-minute drive that only goes 45 yards, and we kick a field goal. And you know what? That's what that's good enough to win this football game. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to these young men for having the resolve to go on the road, to beat a top-10 team in an environment like Beaver Stadium without your head coach on 10 hours notice is truly incredible
0: yeah and uh, you know Blaine I, I tweeted out when it got announced that Jim Harbaugh was going to be suspended for the rest of the regular season this is the worst thing that could have that it's the worst thing that could have happened to Penn State right you you, you want to talk about motivation you want to talk about adding fuel to the fire you want to talk about pissing off a team that is uber talented a team that has an identity that's returned a lot of the the same players the past two years that have played in a lot of games. Won some big ones, lost some big ones. Uh, And also, you're giving a team now that doesn't have to search anywhere to find any motivation or manufacture any motivation to be able to go up, to go out and and play against you, even though it's at your place at 11 o'clock. But again, we'll continue to say what I've said this whole time. You can't hide Drew Alley. You can't shelter your kid all the way through high school, and then they go off to Arizona State in college, and they're an absolute catastrophe the first year and a half because you sheltered them. The first party they go to, all of a sudden they're streaking in the quad, asking if KFC is still open. You protected him the whole year because you knew you were better than who you were playing, and this isn't like it's J.J. McCarthy where you've seen him be able to throw against the top competition, and it's not that Drew can't do it. I don't think Drew's as great as what people think, but the timing once again and the lack of the ability to hit the home run really, really cost Penn State because, man, they were living in second five, dog. They were yeah. in second five the whole game.
2: Yeah. No, I thought I thought this game went exactly how Michigan wanted it to go, and I think some teams and some guys enjoy being the villain, right? And Michigan team this year, I think they want to be the villain. I think it's a Jon Snow whip your sword out in the middle of an army situation. Like, you're not going to be able to beat Georgia doing this. I know that. Yeah, I think you'll have a great chance against Ohio State if you control the line of scrimmage. And I thought, look, we all walked in. I picked Penn State, but deep down in my heart, we all knew who was going to win this game, especially Harbaugh after he got suspended. But it matters, like, it it shows what Jim has set up culture-wise, not only players, but coaching staff, right? You saw the emotions at the end of the game that coach went through, not only thanking his players, but thanking Jim, right? Jim is setting this team up for the future. And I tweeted this, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm walking my ass on that sideline. Hmm. Stop me from getting on that sideline? Oh, coach-
0: Ohio State game, I'm walking out at home. It, it, it's like, coach-
2: best believe that. Look, Jim, I'm telling you, this might be the, the, the difference against Michigan over the hump this year, against the Georgia. Because at the end of the day, we can sit here and talk about all these teams. All these teams, Florida State, Ohio State. It's Georgia and Michigan until it's not. And we all and we know that. After, after you watch, look, Ohio State has Marvin Harrison. That's it. Marvin Harrison Jr. That's it. Kyle McCord, he's mediocre. He's not good enough to beat a Michigan team with that defense for four quarters mm. with that secondary.
1: Let me. Can I respond to the to the villain part? Because I was thinking about this for the last thirty six hours, and I'm going to expound on it on a certain segment yeah. this upcoming Your name Wednesday.
0: Up, yes, you you may you may respond. You have thirty seconds.
1: Thank you, moderator. Um, <laughs> uh, after this news broke on Friday, uh, I thought, man, is the University of Michigan football team really going to be able to do something they've never had to do before, which is embrace the villain role. You know, you've seen like the, the Las Vegas Raiders or that sort of football team. Floyd Mayweather is that sort of boxer. Conor McGregor, like the University of Michigan football team has never like had to embrace being the villain role. Will they be able to do that? And then all of a sudden my phone started going off and it has not stopped since this news broke with friends and people. And some people I don't even know around the country saying what a cowardly move by Big 10 commissioner, Tony Petiti. This is not right. Regardless of whatever the evidence is with violations, this is not right. And I thought, wow he just single-handedly turned the tide and swayed the court of public opinion behind Michigan that's at least what I think you guys tell me what you're how you view it
0: did he what you think maybe he's he's pulling a move here to to help Michigan out like this I don't think I don't think he's smart
1: enough to do that I don't think he's that calculated
0: uh look I do do I think you know uh, Sean Moore was was genuinely like crying like that was 100 I, I don't know I have, I have a hard time with that just I'm,
1: you watch your mouth
0: hey I know I just it was great if, if it wasn't it's was pretty good acting I gotta give it to him like it's but you feel yourself starting to pull for Michigan like, like you're saying David and we want to know what you guys think in the comments um and we're gonna obviously rank we, we do our updated rankings just right when they uh release the college football playoff rankings as well this week on Crane.
1: Did you hear the future news, though? In future news, uh, Sharon Moore has been suspended six games by the Big Ten for post-game profanity, so I'm sure that'll... yeah,
0: yeah. I heard it was 60 games, actually. Oh,
1: 60. I thought it
0: was funny. (laughs) Did you see when J.J. McCarthy, when Michigan scored that last touchdown, and he was doing this?
1: Yeah, and Blake Corum did the Manny Diaz, too. But I'll tell you what, one thing on Penn State, though, that defense is legitimate, and when they got Top Robinson back, you could see that... I'll tell you why they ran the ball so much in the second half. Those first couple drives, it was almost as if Michigan didn't take a right tackle chop Robinson was getting off the ball so quickly JJ McCarthy didn't have time to drop back when they started pitching backwards and throwing on first down that was when they were the most effective but when Penn State and they won the line of scrimmage up front for most of the most of the game when Michigan was in third and long it was lights out so that that Penn State defense I have to give them all the credit if Drew Aller can continue yeah. to develop I think they'll be more serious in the Well well that's seasons. well.
0: that's that's Penn State's problem is like, there's always one catch with this Penn State team they're really good at one thing but they're not good enough in the other This is a national mm. championship caliber defense that Penn State has mm-hmm. It really is. And you saw Chuck Robinson on the first drive. I mean, Michigan was fortunate to recover that fumble. Yep. This game could have started off a lot differently uh, in that place, even though it was 11 in the morning. But you you see a national championship defense offensively, though. I mean, the, the passing game is just bad for Penn State, man. It's just bad. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Drew has a chance down the road. Uh, but even from an accuracy standpoint, I mean, look at that last drive. I, I mean, the communication, the last play that, that Penn State ran. That incompletion. I don't know who in the hell he was throwing. I know it almost could have been grounding. It really, really almost <laughs> could have. I mean, I know he's ready for the guy to break in. And he broke out, but there were so many communication errors. The timing is still off. Another year where, look, I I, I think James Franklin's a pretty damn good coach, uh, but another year of him not getting over the hump. Speaking about not getting over the hump, Ole Miss went to play Georgia, and uh, look, early you kind of felt, and and you know, we this is a game we previewed and and talked about how Ole Miss. Has a fighting chance to cover, at least, you know, I thought, because they're a little bit different up front. I feel like the defense was pretty opportunistic for Ole Miss, your top 10 in sacks. Pretty much middle of the ground everywhere else. Uh, but I tell you what, offensively, Georgia scores double digits in every every quarter, 14 in the first and second, 10 in the third, including shutting Ole Miss out in the third quarter, uh, and then scoring 14 in the fourth. Just like we thought, the second half, though, that's what decided this game. Georgia outscores Ole Miss. Twenty-four to three in the second half, and that G stands for gravity, man. And look, I I I want to make sure and and you know give Lane Kiffin his flowers and what they've done this year. But this Georgia team continues to develop while winning. They continue to develop while dominating. Carson Beck, another solid game, eighteen to twenty-five, three hundred six yards, two touchdowns and interception. But boy. This Georgia team looks really healthy. They look like they're getting downhill. And that offensive line's top three like we thought. I mean, Kendall Milton ends up with 127 yards on nine carries. De- uh, De- uh, John Edwards goes for uh, 59 yards on 12 carries with two touchdowns. Him and Kendall had two. I tell you what, man. Georgia just looks solid. And Brock Bowers is coming back. Mm. That Georgia-Bama game in Atlanta.
1: Oh, boy. Here we go again. Oh. Blaine, what do you think?
2: Um, yeah, hey, breaking news. Georgia's still really good at football. <laughs> Dude, I thought, like, look, it's, it's crazy. Like it, it, one of the things like I love about Georgia is they sooner or later, they just figure you out. Yeah. All right. They figure out what you want to do. And especially in the second half, I think they might be the best uh, team when it comes to halftime adjustments, but you start to see Georgia run the football. They weren't running the football great the entire year, but you see guys getting healthy. Hell Brock Bowers had ankle surgery like a week and a half ago. These out there already scoring touchdowns in this last Skimming, game guys. at the university of Georgia. Um, I don't know how you don't put Georgia number one in the nation. I think you can watch this team. I know
0: somebody who does. Um, I know somebody who has this whole time.
2: Georgia one, and I think it's a Michigan 1B situation. Um, Carson Beck's growing before our eyes. I mean, Lad's getting healthy. I know he got, got banged up again uh, yesterday, but I think Lad being back just a huge blanket for Carson to feel comfortable in the pocket. And that defense is playing, man. And they might not have a bunch of uh, Travon Walkers or Jalen Carters, those guys running out there, but they got 11 guys who play for each other and know how to get to the football. And when they get there, it's a problem. You saw that hit on Jackson Dart. That, of course, <sighs> beware if you're going to get outside the pocket or run because these fellas are head hunting.
1: And it's not even just the defense this year. It's not like they won this game 24-3 to and suffocated Ole Miss. I mean, they did that and put up 52 points. You know, they rushed for 300 yards this game. Yesterday, I watched them, and the only word that came to mind was unbeatable. They really just look unbeatable. And, Blaine, you're talking about, oh, it's Georgia and it's Michigan and everyone else. And I really do think Michigan has a very solid football team this year. But after yesterday, you know what? All the parity we've talked about across the country. You know uh, the Pac-12 and how great these these players are and these teams across the country. It looked like the same old movie again, where Georgia in the East and Alabama figuring yeah. things out in the West are going to meet up in yeah. Atlanta, and that will once again serve as our de facto national championship. That's really how I felt yesterday watching football. Yeah,
0: you you know what Kirby Smart and Georgia's like in the second half of games. I think I think I've got this one nailed it. Have you ever seen that guy, the Mentalist, who would like have that yeah. that that board and he's like, all right. You know, you're you're lost in the Serengeti. What number are you thinking right now? And he like writes it down. And it's always like the number you're thinking or what you're thinking. That's like how Kirby is like all during the second half. Like I just wonder, like at points, if the opposing coach, like in the third quarter, looks over there and like Kirby's drawing something, looks at him and it's like halfback draw and he's like shows it to him right before the play gets snapped. He's the mentalist. He is Kirby's smart is the I'm, mentalist
1: i'm sure that breaks an ncaa bylaw somewhere so we need to
0: oh that's true we need it, to it, investigate it be, that. maybe that's what the mentalist does we're reading maybe. people's
1: minds now and talk about competitive advantage
2: yeah that's exactly he's got it he's got to be gone he's got to be gone but I, no good there's only one guy that can, that can save us from georgia winning another national championship and i think it's Jalen milro the only guy <laughs> We're going to mm. get to – we're,
0: we're definitely going to get to Jalen Miller. I want to hop, hop in the chat real quick and see what they're saying.
2: All right, let's go to Coffee Guy Sports with a $2 donation. Appreciate it, brother. He says, Jimbo's out. Lincoln yep. still sucks. Boomer sooner.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to the Jimbo Fisher news, obviously, uh, here once we, once we roll through these games. But, yeah, Jimbo Fisher uh, is 88 and out the gate. Some interesting names, including one we've kind of kicked around for a while. Mm. They oh, come from an urban environment. I don't know.
2: Uh, <laughs> James Stallings, $5 donation. Appreciate it, James. What's up, guys? Look, I don't care if the Arkansas game yesterday. was a huge win for Auburn. It gets all the fans excited for the future. War, damn, Eagle. Wow.
0: How do you guys feel? <sighs> Man, I um, hadn't felt that way in a long time. It's like rediscovering love. Uh, no, I, I, I think, you know, it's – It's funny. What do we say? Like, was was Arkansas beating Florida on the road the worst thing that could have happened? Like, for Arkansas, it's just, number one, delaying the inevitable. And now it gives you a little bit more hope. And then an Auburn team that's going to be the most average team Hugh Freeze has while he's at Auburn comes down there and absolutely destroys you. That, from the start to the finish of that game, it was absolute domination. Mm -hmm. Auburn got the ball first, right down the field. Peyton Thorne looked comfortable on the road in an environment that had a pulse, which shocked me. Then you run a punt back but the defense continually got after Arkansas. They were able to get KJ Jefferson on the ground. Arkansas could get nothing going, even after they got that interception early that you would think would get them back in it. I think they were down 14 to nothing. They almost ran it back for a touchdown. Auburn holds them to three. Auburn gets the ball back, goes and scores again. Uh, It just, I, I, that was one of the most impressive performances that I've seen from Auburn in a long time. And what I was telling Auburn fans yesterday is this, because I picked Auburn to go eight and four before the season. Obviously they have to beat Bama for that to happen. Um, but Hugh Freeze in every game that uh, pretty much every game where Auburn has been out or outmanned, they've kept the game close, right? You go back and look at Georgia, right? You, you go through the list every game. And I would say personnel wise, Auburn and Arkansas is a little bit ahead of where Auburn is. I, I think overall, cause Sam Pittman has been there longer and has more of his guys in there. So this is the first one I think they won when they didn't have uh, even or better personnel. Every game where Auburn has had better personnel. They have won that game. So Hugh Freeze is taking care of the stuff he needs to take care of when he has the better team, and he's keeping his most average team that will have it Auburn in the fight when they're playing teams that are better than they are. That is a good trajectory to me. That shows competency, which we know that Hugh Freeze has. And this should give Auburn a lot of confidence. Heck, later that night, they flipped Jamonte Waller, four-star edge player that's really going to help him close the gap. So it was a, it was a big day for Auburn yesterday, and Auburn fans, again, you know, it's freaking freezing out here.
2: All right, let's go to Sean ever with the $8.20 donation. Johnny, appreciate it, brother. This is a dominating win at home. Bring on the Husky. The dam is almost complete. We will be the top game this week. Go Bees. Oh, and also, USD still sucks.
0: Yeah, look, Oregon <laughs> State murdered Stanford. I mean, this wasn't a, you know, this wasn't the SA. They really did. Um, but, no, it's, and, and it's good to see. Look at this. With That that Washington-Utah game was really good. We're going to get to that. Obviously, Oregon and USC, a little bit tighter than what some people thought, including myself, a little bit more low-scoring than some people thought, including myself. Uh, but, man, this Oregon-State-Washington matchup, here we go, fellas. Here mm-hmm. we go. You know, we're talking about the Heisman here at the end. Yep. Uh, Michael Penix is going to have a chance. And then you look at Oregon with Bo Nix. Oregon is going to have a chance at Oregon State uh, in the Civil War out there. So, look, man, I'm, I'm as excited as anybody, but yeah, yesterday in the Pac-12, uh, it's, it was it was a little crazy.
2: I was gonna trip rider with the five dollar donation. Appreciate the trip. He says when Georgia plays a ranked team or a team that they see as dangerous, the dogs are indeed hell boys. Hashtag go dogs. There's well,
1: something well, to see,
0: that. See, here's what I think the thing is though. Like I don't think Georgia really plays up or down. I think Georgia is so efficient and so consistent in the way that they handle every game, right? And you're not going to play great every game, regardless if it's against a good team, against a bad team, against an okay team. But what did Kirby Smart get from Nick Saban? We hear it all the time. The process. The blueprint. What does that mean? It does. That means it doesn't matter if number 11 ranked Ole Miss is coming into Athens and game days here and Nolan Smith's here and there's a bunch of magicians and Cirque du Soleil's here or – or if Georgia State, from right up the road, is coming up for homecoming, the opponent does not matter. Schematically, the coaches will take care of that, right? We have good enough coaching staff. We're going we're gonna to put you in the best spot schematically. And from an adjustment standpoint, right? And from a gamesmanship standpoint, we're going to put you in the best position possible to go succeed. Your job is to go out there and play hard, play smart, and play together. It is a nameless and faceless opponent. Mm-hmm. If you get better at what you do, Every single week, the result will take care of itself. The process determines the result. Circumstances dictate outcomes. And Georgia right now lives in a world where it's not, hey, it's Monday of Ole Miss practice week. It's, hey, it's Monday of Georgia's practice week. And that's how you turn it into a machine.
1: I think you're right. I think that's the way they handle their process. But from an outsider's perspective, there does seem to be something about the fact every time they get a high-quality opponent, the turbo charges just go off. You know, last year with Tennessee being ranked number one, then they go into Athens, Georgia spanks them. This year we had, oh, Kentucky's really good this year. Can Ray Davis rush for 200 yards again? Georgia puts up 50. Now we got an Ole Miss team that is a very solid football team this year. I mean, Lane Kiffin has done a really great job. They put up 50 points again. I just, I keep going back to that word, unbeatable man maybe it's just this is how they're going to handle everybody yeah
0: well david i i think as much as uh, again you know and you know this we're not dealing with robots right you are dealing mm-hmm. with human beings so is there's that human element that you're never going to get rid of and you never want to get rid of right some guys when the moment's big they rise to the occasion and play even better some guys shrink my thing more is the process mm-hmm. but like the, the 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 meetings during the week the practices during the week Keeping everything the same. If you make Monday feel the same, Tuesday feel the same, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday feel the same. Most of the time on Saturday, you're gonna get the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that Georgia has it's God, what's that movie where it's it's almost like Limitless, right? The limitless movie where Robert De Niro is like Nick Saban in Alabama, or like he's you know, they're just taking the pill form of that ZMT or whatever that made him smarter. Then all of a sudden, here we go, Bradley Cooper, the protege. Figures out a way to, to make it where he can just take it in like even even more interesting doses, right? He perfected it, perfected the recipe. That's what it feels like with Kirby. He got the recipe, right? Uh, from, from Nick Saban, who gave everybody else She Woof, which is a good strawberry beer, but he got the <laughs> best recipe, right? Kirby got the best one when you talk about
1: being humans that was another thing that was very impressive to me with Michigan's win over Penn State because I had people texting me saying you you could you would have to not be human for something like this to affect what you're talking about Jake your weekly process right your head coach like getting suspended the moment you step on the tarmac somewhere you'd have to not be human and then for a group of guys to respond like that I, I think you're right
2: yeah it shows maturity all right Blaine. what else Let's go to Justin Alferrera with the $2 donation. Appreciate it, Justin. says, is there a case to fire James Franklin at Penn State?
0: No, because, uh, again, let's think about this. Uh, I understand the frustration that Penn State fans have, especially being in the Big Ten East. But guess what? No more after this year, bud. No more Big Ten East after this year, right? That doesn't mean you still don't have to get through Michigan and Ohio State, but now James Franklin, who wins, has won a lot of games, won nine games twice at Vanderbilt, which to me should get you an infinity stone or a, yep. make sure you're elected president of some smaller, medium-sized country. Uh, but now, and, and I've said this, that two teams that when it comes to my mind that I think this, this going to a 12-team playoff and mm-hmm. getting rid of divisions and conferences helps the most, Penn State and Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? Penn State probably more than Tennessee because Penn State had to deal with Ohio State and Michigan in the same division. Tennessee just has Georgia, uh, but I, there's no way not not with not with the continuity that Penn State's had, not with Drew Aller still growing right, not with not with the familiarity James Franklin has with being able to navigate through that conference when new teams coming into that conference. That's one thing that people kind of they tend to forget with this conference realignment. Yes, USC is going in the Big Ten. Yes. Oregon's going in the Big Ten. Yes, there's all this movement, but that's where continuity comes in a lot, right? Familiarity comes in a lot. Mm-hmm. Understanding who is who, where is where, what is what in the conference to help you navigate it through. Then you take away having yeah. to most likely play Ohio State and Michigan every single year, which I don't think Penn State's gonna have to do, gives you a lot better chance. And not that I'm not saying Penn State wants to duck them. I'm not saying Penn State's afraid of them, but God almighty, they've been a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Yeah, you don't want to fire a coach who's winning 10 games before you head into all this conference realignment uncertainty. After a few seasons there, if the same movie continues to play out and it's starting to look like Mark Rick was at Georgia, and you're saying, hey, we want to go to the next level and not be a really good football team, we want to create a national championship dynasty, maybe then you can make the move if you get the guy who can do that.
0: For
2: sure. What's stands Franklin's record against Michigan and Ohio State, State?
1: I think it's four. I saw this yesterday. Something like four and 16, I think.
0: God, when did he went four?
1: I mean, uh, he beat Michigan. He beat The Saquon years, he was winning a lot of games uh, when Saquon yeah. was there. Um, I'll pull it up. Keep going.
2: Uh, let's go to Brian Tanya with a $2 donation. Appreciate it, brother. He says, why isn't nobody talking about J.D. 5?
1: Huh. <laughs> Four and sixteen, I got it right on the money.
0: Uh, you talking about Jane Daniels? I've been screaming about Jane Daniels. I've literally said LSU has the best offense in the country for the past five weeks. Bro, he could right.
1: win the Heisman Trophy with three losses.
0: Like, like this is RG three did it. What I saw yesterday, man, and and again, there are some guys playing at very very high levels right now. And overall, I I think LSU does have the best offense in the country. But the one guy, if I'm a defensive coordinator, and you say, all right, Jake, you run of the mill. There's one guy you can pick, one guy you don't have to face. One player could be a quarterback, be wide receiver, could be running back. The one guy I do not want to face is Jaden Daniels. And you say, why? When, when, well, you know, Jordan Travis is kind of similar. Yes, their games are kind of similar. But Jaden Daniels is without a doubt to me, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I keep keep calling the fastest quarterback in the country. Mm. He's one of the fastest guys that I have seen. And you know, he's not, it's not just straight line. He's unbelievably fast on the straight line, right? I think I think he's faster than Jalen Monroe. I don't think that's crazy to say. Jalen Moreau's thicker than he is, right? They move move laterally similarly. But Jaden Daniels, when he gets north and south, and when he's able to get going and make cuts, it is another level of speed. It is one of those where you watch and it looks like he is playing a different game. Same sport, but a different game game than everyone else incredible performance if LSU wins out and I mean the man put up over 200 yards rushing and 300 yards passing yesterday no, so he's
1: the first player in FBS history to throw for over 350 and rush for over 200 yards and he did oh. that on 26 pass attempts and 12 yeah, carries it's
0: road to glory it's road to glory I He's mean, playing, like Jane Daniels is playing road to glory on NCAA 14. I should tell
1: you how bad that defense is. How have they lost three games? Oh, it, with it, him defense.
0: I'm sick. Here's the yeah. question. Ask yourself this. <clears throat> As I choke to death and die, live on air. What is worse? What? what which one's worse? What's going on at Penn State where you have this elite-level defense, this national championship-level defense, but offensively you can't sniff it? Or – LSU where offensively you're the globe trotters man you're the dream team you got mj at quarterback but defensively you couldn't stop a fat kid in an ice cream shop. LSU's worse. It
1: it's us. worse because they have the personnel. Like LSU has had these guys on defense. At least the defense will travel for Penn State, and maybe you could win a game late in November or something like that. Like LSU's given up all these yards. Jaden Daniels is out here breaking FBS records in the Heisman conversation with three losses, and the defense can't stop anyone. You,
0: you know, Blaine. You know, you know who Jane Daniels kind of reminds me of. I feel like – and we watched this guy kind of ball a little bit in the preseason. I feel like he's a way better version of Dorian Thompson-Robinson.
1: Like
0: mm-hmm. that's, that's why I feel like he's just a more athletic and a better thrower. But, like, mm-hmm. DTR, even in the preseason – I know the preseason all the big dogs aren't playing in the league, or most of them. DTR was making people look stupid. He played well. I think what Jaden Daniels does, he's got to stop taking these hits because in the NFL they'll, they'll be picking up pieces of him for weeks. But he's he is so fast and so electric. I mean, it,
2: it's got to translate a little bit, right? 100% it has to. And Look, uh, Jane Daniels deserves a day one draft pick. Like, he deserves to be a round one guy. Like, the, I think it kind of hurts him just the amount of depth that there's a quarterback position in this draft. Mm-hmm. But man, even with three losses, are you telling me he's not having a better season than Robert Griffin, the third at Baylor, who won I, that?
0: I got to go back and look at the numbers. But if he's breaking records like that, and, and by the way, I do want to let everybody know we may have a guest. Guests on the show guest Millie later. So huh.
1: I think uh, he is having a better year than RG three had, but the difference is the rest of the country. I mean, what Bo Bo Nix put up a case to win the Heisman did. last night, right? Uh, like Michael Penix Jr. I uh, think those three plus the two position players of of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, those are the five guys right now that it's like they're they're playing the best football in the country.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make sure you hit that uh, like button, hit that subscribe button. With, thanks for everybody in here. I see there's a lot of people in here. uh i and We're gonna get back to the chat. Uh, remember, make sure you give us uh give us a call in the morning uh, when we go live. We go live from six thirty a.m. to eight a.m. Central. But I'm gonna get here to the uh to the Pac-12. Bring that special guest on in here. Bring that bring that dog on in. Come here, Millie. Come here. Come here. Get up here. All right, Oregon yesterday.
1: Millie. A a millie. A millie. Millie. Millie.
0: Yeah, she's super uh, super snorty uh, in the mornings. Uh, but no, yesterday, man, Oregon USC. I I want to start there in the pack, uh Pac-12. Was shocked, especially when Oregon scored uh, two times in the first six plays, uh, that that they didn't score more than 36 points. USC kind of hung around in the end. Look, man, I thought Caleb Williams was running for his life. I don't personally – I don't like a lot of things about Caleb Williams, right? And he does take – have to take chances that probably he wouldn't take if if USC was more of a complete team. And you may not like him from the Fansville commercial, but I tell you what, man, he makes some plays and he keeps some plays alive. Like, talk about sneaky athletic – Like he doesn't, he he's not like thinly built like Jaden Daniels. You're like, oh my god, the guy's really running around. But when you watch Caleb Williams move, he's very quick twitch, very quick twitch. But Hmm. Oregon, I thought, kind of kind of the we talk about styles make fights, right? It seemed to me that that the way the game got going is Oregon was able to move the ball at will pretty much the whole game but I thought they went slow to keep USC's offense off the field because mm-hmm. it was working because that's the only, only move that USC has. Then on the other side, it seemed to me when USC did get the ball, right, that that they were trying to protect their defense a little bit from keeping them off the field and it bogged the game down. And that's why you get a total of, of 63 points when, you know, we thought it could get up to 80. And I think it was at like 85 and a half uh, at one point on, on the over in the the live bet, but Oregon survives um usc now seven and four and i think you're gonna start hearing more and more and more about caleb williams not playing the rest of the season fellas Mm.
1: what'd you say
2: he said yeah y'all don't think he suits up for the ucla game
0: god did you see ucla versus arizona state oh ew gross so they have
1: out there yeah that's their last game because they played in that week zero game so ucla is their final game of the year
0: Yep, yeah, I, I I don't know. We'll see, but um, and, and I'm sure we'll dive into that. But Oregon, <clears throat> Bo Nix didn't yeah. do. I mean, do four touchdown passes yesterday. Uh, you're doing hard. what you're having to do, and and at the end of the day, when you're when you're trying to get back to to play Washington, have that chance. Who we're going to get into in in with the second. But it, it one of the biggest things I think for Oregon yesterday was when Bucky Irving went out. It looked like he was hurt bad, like could possibly be done for the end of the year. And then all of a sudden, he comes back in scores a touchdown, everything's fine. So, I mean, David, Oregon right now, I mean, how are you feeling compared to the other dogs at the top?
1: Man, they've gotten better and better since that loss to Washington. Remember, that was a road loss on the final possession. It was kind of like Texas too, right? The final possession in the Red River shootout. Both of those teams trending the same way for me. Uh, it's looking like we may get an Oregon Washington rematch, but remember, like we've been talking about, Washington's schedule down the stretch, much tougher. We just talked about how they're going to get Oregon State in Corvallis next weekend. Like, There's a lot of things to keep your mind, to keep your eye on, but Bo Nix 4-12 through the year, four touchdowns, no picks. I mean, He's right there at the top of the Heisman conversation as well.
2: Blaine, he's focused. He's having fun. He's having fun, and a lot of people think he's a dark horse. As an Auburn fan, I just I love what I'm seeing from Bo Nix, and I'm glad he left to go somewhere he can feel comfortable, the pressure be off to him, and he can actually be himself. Um, I think Oregon's the most balanced team in the Pac-12, and you see that from Saturday to Saturday when you can turn around and hand Bucky Irvin the ball. Everybody deserves to have a Bucky in their backfield. The kid's an absolute problem through the tackles, and look, you're playing against the number one draft pick that is going to be the NFL, Caleb Williams, and you got after him. You can only do so much when you get to a guy like that. And the way Caleb just can create, man, the kid's different. I don't like a lot of things that he does. He paints his nails. He makes fun of people for crying, and then goes cries in mama's arms. But at <laughs> hey, the kid's a hell of a football player. He's taken <laughs> with that number one pick, now, regardless of who the team is. Hell, I don't care if it's the Bears or the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But man, if you're Dan Lanning, still some some questionable things from Dan, you know. Why are we going for two? Uh, like,
0: some again, somebody, like, like Dan Lanning's got, like, a Ouija relax. board or some tarot card. Like, somebody's lying to him. You know, they, like, when, you, when you're watching all these old historical documentaries, they are like, yeah, man, this guy was a leader for, like, 40 years. But then he brought in this shaman who, like, convinced him that, you know, the earth was made of cheese and that wolves are good and stuff like that. And then, you know, something happens. Like, who's, who is, like, Giving Dan these potions that are like, hey, man, if you go for two, if, if it's on the third possession after a full moon, you know what I'm saying? If it's less than 45 degrees in the east coast of the United States, it's going to work. Like, dude, kick the extra point, man. Kick
1: They're the putting extra the point. ESPN analytics up on the screen now. I'm it's- like, are y'all kidding me, man? I've watched way too much football in my life for y'all to try and sway me with some sort of behind-the-scenes analytic stats.
0: Yeah, like again, I'll go back and in the NFL, it's different because the extra points further, right? I can understand saying, all right, I want to go for it from the one and a half, two yard line because I don't want to kick, uh, you know, the 35 yard field goal, whatever it is, 33 yard field goal, uh, whatever it is. I could understand that at least, right? The percentages, right? You could, you could talk me into that. When it's in the 99th percentile, which is basically what it is in college football, kick the extra point. I don't know who – somebody made a lot of money off that. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, somebody made a lot of money going in with some PowerPoint presentation to some head coach that mattered, and they're like, listen – I'm going to say some things that may go against like what you're used to seeing. There's a reason we're used to seeing it because that's a smart thing to do, right? I just We use this term, anal, uh, term analytics. I think it's just a mask for the word crazy. Like, what can I – I want to do something crazy. It's like a midlife crisis. It's like college football is <laughs> having a midlife crisis. Like a Corvette shows up in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Why is dad going out to Broadway every Saturday night again? Like, what's going on? Like, he's lifting weights in the garage religiously and screaming, what's going on?
2: But then it's already cost you a game. That's the thing. It cost you the Washington game and we haven't learned from it. That's what I'm worried about if you're Oregon. I'm worried about we get back to the Washington game, Dan tries to do something stupid, right, and it costs you in the end because of analytics. Analytics gets you beat. That's what analytics do.
0: Well, there's a word, there's a word that's in analytics that I'm not going to say, but that's that's how I, how, how what, what I think about it.
2: What word, Jake?
0: No, you can look, you can you can decipher the code if you want. You can take this thing to Bletchley Park if you want. But speaking about deciphering the code, Washington yesterday and what turned out to be a hell of a game. You know, Kyle Whittingham, you know, people people said he's the best coach in the country right now. I don't agree with that, but I do think he's top five. Uh, I thought Bryson Barnes really showed up yesterday. The second quarter, you know, Washington was there was 35 total uh, points scored. Washington was able to score, uh, um, You know, 21 points there in the second quarter. It was, God, what was it? 28, 24. Utah at halftime, but then Washington. And I think this this is important because I don't think Washington is fantastic on defense. I don't think they're a lead on. I think they're a lead on Mm -hmm. offense, but they shut Utah out in the second half. They find a way. It seems like Washington does to get stops when they have to get stops. And there's something about being clutch. There's something about being able to do the things when you have to do them that not only helps you survive, it helps you thrive. So when I look at this Washington team, nobody scored in the fourth quarter. You outscored Utah 11 to nothing. Michael Penix Jr., I want to make a comp, David, and I'm going to really get what you think. And I know the arm strength is different. I understand that. But from throwing motion-wise, is Michael Penix Philip Rivers? Mm. Like, Watch the way he throws it. Watch where he delivers the ball. Watch how he delivers the ball. Michael Penix's arm strength is way, way better than Philip Rivers ever was. But they throw it at almost the same angle, like off the same plane. Michael just Michael Penix is just left-handed.
1: Man, he sure can sling it. That's an interesting comp. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that mostly because he's left-handed and his build's a little bit different. But there is something to a little bit flatter release, which I always heard <laughs> Philip Rivers say he did that because he, when he was really young, he was trying to throw a bigger, like college-sized ball when he was like in tight football, and so he just kind of always threw from underneath it. Hey, worked out pretty well for him. But man, Michael Penix Jr. can sure sling it. I was proud to see Utah keep this game close. You're talking about Kyle Whittingham. I mean, he's got this team seven and three right now. All Three of their losses versus top twenty teams with a backup quarterback and Cam Rising hasn't gone out there. We'll see what happens if that's a medical redshirt or something like that. You know, uh, the the Vaki kid on that screen pass when he took off, that was that was incredible to see. They were counterpunching the whole afternoon, but uh, Washington, I think on defense, we've been talking about it. Like, are they really going to be able to hold up in a rematch with Oregon, or if they go play a, a Jalen Milro, a team like Alabama or Georgia, something like that? It's going to be interesting to see.
2: How the hell do you drop the ball on the three? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can How we talk the- about this for a second? Can I we talk about this for a second? One. I went five and one on Saturday. All yeah. right. I had Washington minus eight and a half to go for the perfect day. And you dropped the ball on the three. Don't even look at me. Don't even look at me for the rest of the trip. Yeah.
0: yeah. Your, your boy went five and one. But I, I had a personal uh, uh, put 100 on Washington minus six and a half. Bought it down. Thank God for that safety. But listen. Listen. One of the best, one of the rules that we had on defense was, if we ever score a touchdown on defense, you hand the ball to the official. Why do you do that? It does a multitude of one things. One, it keeps you from getting a celebration penalty most of the time. Number two, it keeps you from doing what the, what the Washington defender did, which I've seen this happen before. Rarely, but I've seen it happen before. And it typically happens the split the millisecond before the the ball carrier whoever scored in the touchdown crosses the the goal line right like the split second like it's so bang bang that part of you's like i guess maybe in some crazy world i can understand you making that mistake this was not that he dropped the ball at the 3 david at the 3 you want to know how i know you've never scored before You dropped the ball at the three, right? I don't expect you. It's your first kiss, right? If it's your first kiss, I don't expect you to be Romeo or Leo DiCaprio. But I don't expect you to to hit an ear.
1: All right, my turn here if we're going to talk about bad beats because I had the Buckeyes TTP over 38 and a half and they scored 35 in the first half. I've never felt like a bet was more of a lock in my life. (laughs) They kick one field goal in the third quarter to get to 38 and then miss one in the fourth. I'm not a conspiracy theorist when it comes to college football. I just have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions, 38 and a half and you put up 35 in the first half against Michigan state. I have a lot of questions and I think I need to ask them in person to be honest.
0: I think you should too. Uh, All right. I want to get to uh, Texas and TCU speaking about bad beats.
1: Blaine. Bro.
2: Dead to me. Now I'm just going to let you go first. What do you go have?
1: What do you have, Blaine?
2: Look, look, I took Texas minus 12 and a half. I did too. I took Texas minus 12 and a half. I but, can't believe y'all touched that. I wouldn't touch a the 10-foot bowl. Put a lot of money in. You come out and dominate the first half. You, you left some points out of Quinn Ewers left some points out there for sure. Dominate the first half. It wasn't even close. T- uh, TCU goes to scores that touchdown. I think it's twenty. it's 26 to 12. All right? And I have a chance to cash out on a bet. I think I would have won $300 or something like that. And I told myself I should. And I got talked out of it by a buddy that I have up here this weekend. And then I just watched TCU just absolutely – TCU had a chance to win this football game down the stretch. They really did. They had a chance. Mm -hmm. Texas – I just don't believe in Texas. I don't. I think if Texas makes it to the playoff, they will get mopped up by Georgia, Michigan, Michigan. Florida State, Ohio State, whatever team, I think they will get mopped. If Bama and Texas played again right now, I think Bama would mop Texas.
1: Mm.
0: Um it, it, two things. One, that interception TCU threw that Hoover threw right before halftime ended up costing the game. Cause Texas went down there and scored that touchdown. There's fifty one seconds to go. At that point, look, you're down what was it? Like uh like 19 to 6. You were down 19 was- to 6, I think. And then you throw that pick and, and Texas able to go score. Uh, Jonathan Brooks getting hurt. That's not good. That's not good at all. Dude's a hell of a back. Number two, Quinn Ewers look hurt to me. Quinn Ewers still look hurt to me. The way Mm -hmm. he was throwing it, it felt like it to me looked like one of those pitchers. And if you ever played baseball, you know, this that's having a a shoulder problem, but is too afraid to tell his dad who coaches the travel ball team that he's Mm -hmm. that his shoulders hurting because they throw him every single game and he's just trying to get the ball over. It looked like Quinn could not step into anything. It, it looked like it was almost – and I, and Quinn Ewers is not Joe Burrow. But you remember how Joe Burrow looked early in the year? Yeah. Where like he, he couldn't really plant, didn't look healthy, wasn't able to improvise to keep it going. Quinn Ewers, something just looked off to me yesterday. Like his fastball looked very hittable, very hittable in my opinion. But, look, Texas did survive. And and there's, there's something to be said for that. You know, you're going on the road to a TCU team that's really got nothing to lose. Uh, you you had to survive and win that one, you know. It just it, I I don't think Texas is a national championship winning team. I had them in the playoff, right? Uh, I I worry about them kind of falling apart in, in the second half a little bit, like Ole Miss, like, like we talked about. We saw it against Oklahoma earlier in the year, but man, they, they just look kind of kind of raggedy yesterday to me.
1: Iowa State and Texas Tech left.
0: Dude, Iowa State's going to play in the Big Twelve Championship.
2: What? A Someone needs to thank that fan. Which one? The fan that, that got after the Iowa State head coach.
0: dude, <clears throat> Blaine, is it a real thing? It's a real, it a real thing.
2: thing? Since, then, since then, that's been a completely different football team.
0: And that was, that was against uh, – that was Ohio,
2: right? Yeah, something like that, some small team. Like, tell
0: everybody if they don't know if they don't know what happened real quick. Tell, tell everybody in chat well, and,
2: and listen. Uh, <laughs> after the game, the coach was walking off, and uh, Jake's been the same. They walk off a certain path, and some fan said something to him, like, you need to figure it the hell out or you're going to get fired and get paid all this money. And the head coach freaked out and got into it with them, but after that, it lit a fire, lit a fire under these guys. And they're hey, look, they're a pretty damn good football team now. They got some, they got some uh, around. Their quarterback grew up a lot. Their run running the ball beat the hell out of BYU. Wasn't even
1: close. Yeah, they did.
0: So I'm, yeah. That same friend told me to bet BYU that Blaine has up here. This uh, it's it's. I'm just gonna just take the opposite. If he walks left, I'm going right. If he orders a burger, I'm ordering a salad. If he gets on a plane, I am taking yeah. an underground train. Uh, but. But I've given Matt Campbell a lot of hell. I, I, I think he's been one of the most overrated coaches for a while. All we heard about when the Notre Dame job was open was Matt Campbell this, Matt Campbell that, Matt Campbell in the kitchen with a wiffle ball bat. Uh, but I think this is his best coaching job. I think this has been Matt Campbell's best coaching job that I can remember. Think about what they were dealing with, guys. Going in this year, yeah. you have guys betting on your own yeah. games? Mm-hmm. Like, you're a quarterback, you're a running back, key players on defense, and make no mistake. Iowa State inexactly loaded with depth and talent. Mm-hmm. All right? This isn't a, a uh, unending barrel or bottomless pit full of NFL players, okay? Uh, so losing anybody is critical to everybody, but to Iowa State, it hurts even worse. The way Matt Campbell's been able to rally the troops, um, the, the way he's been able to turn this thing around, I mean, it's unbelievably impressive, dog. It's unbelievably impressive, in my opinion.
2: All right, are you in the chat? Yeah. I just got a key plot with a $2 donation. I appreciate it, Keith. He says, Bama slash GA dominates for two reasons, the process and D linemen and offensive linemen. Brother, I do not see any lies detected in that. Mm-hmm. Bama, Bama, right now.
0: And again, I, we're, we do a right and wrong segment on Monday. There's times when we're right. There's times when we're wrong. I, I you know, we, we end up being more right than we are wrong. Thank goodness that's why we're in this business. But Alabama, Kentucky may have been the best bet of the weekend. May yeah. have been the best bet of the weekend. This murder was always going to happen. You could see it, right? It's like watching the CCTV cameras on some of these true crime shows. You're like, all right, well. There's the person leaving the bar, and there's the person that killed them walking down the street right by – you can see this happening a mile away. It was Leo DiCaprio. Point, there it is, right? Second straight week. Second straight – because the biggest question going in this game for me, David, and Mm -hmm. I got a lot of respect for Mark Stoops, wasn't if Alabama's going to win the game. Wasn't if Alabama's going to cover. It's will Alabama, for the second straight game, tailor the game plan and call the plays to Jalen Milrose's strengths. And boy, did they. And it's amazing – when the quarterback gets involved in the quarterback design runs, and he doesn't feel like he's getting hemmed in, and he can go out and be himself if the first or second read isn't there, how when he does take off nope. sometimes and stops, people are wide open in the back in the back end, absolutely wide open, multiple times against Kentucky. They were so scared when Jalen Milroe got out of the pocket, or his eyes went down and before they went back up, that they would totally abandon. Right during a scramble drill, who they had because in coverage, look, it's zone till it's man. All right, it's either man and then it's man, or it's zone until it's man. And when the play breaks down and the quarterback gets out and he's taken off, it turns into a scramble drill. You stick to somebody. Well, a lot of these guys, if they see that quarterback take off, and we saw this, I believe it was, um, I believe it was in the Michigan Penn State game, one of the DBs for Penn State was in man got off the man coverage when he saw J.J. take off and went and made the play, or it was a touchdown. Um, so it's it helps out Alabama so much when they tailor the game plan to Jalen Milrow, and they're just letting them eat. And once sure. again, now for the second straight game, you scored 21 in the first, 7 in the second, 7 in the third, 14 in the fourth, 49 points, could have been worse. Could have been worse, but this was an awful matchup for Kentucky. Just like Georgia was an awful matchup for Kentucky, because you have a box run team that is Kentucky that wants to run counter and power and gap scheme in between the boxes. They don't do a lot of lateral runs because Devin Leary's not super mobile, so they can't take advantage the way that Peyton Thorne took advantage or Brady Cook was able to kind of take advantage or some of these other quarterbacks. But this Alabama team right now, and I do, I do want to say this though, Blaine, I don't care how good Alabama's playing right now. And how bad Texas look against TCU. If both these teams end with one loss and it's for the last spot, there's no way in hell that you can't put Texas in. I don't mm-hmm. care who's playing what, where they're playing, how they're playing, who their best friend is, or that one time they hung out and got drunk in college. Like it just, you can't do it. But Alabama, right now, I talk about teams I don't want to play, they, they're near the top of the list.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, The, head, the head-to-heads the have to matter, but I don't think we're going to get to that point because of the way that Alabama's playing football and the way Texas is playing football. I just don't see it coming down to that fourth spot. Blaine, you already said you think Texas drops another one before the end of the year, and that would end that conversation, possibly in the Big 12 championship, uh, honestly. Um, I think there's a handful of teams in the conference that could still beat them the way they're playing, but on Alabama's side, I agree with you 100%. We said all week, Alabama can go on the road and beat Kentucky even if... If they regress slightly and have a letdown after this huge game against LSU, but you can't beat Georgia and win the conference by doing something like that. Late in November is not the time to be going backwards. So will they do that or will they not do that, regardless if they win the football game or not? And they didn't do that. I mean, Jalen Moreau, 234 through the air, three touchdown passes. He did throw one pick, but he rushed for another. Uh, he rushed for another 36 yards and three touchdowns, seven rushing TDs in the past 14 days. Like, this, no one in America wants to play Alabama right now, and I really feel like the matchup between Georgia and the Tide in Al- in Atlanta is going to be the de facto national championship again.
2: I don't think you're wrong, Dave. Let's go to Tyler Jarvis with a $10 donation. T-Jar, appreciate it, brother. He says, Mario is wasting a great defense out of Miami because of a middle school offensive scheme. Also, fire all ACC refs into the sun. Not a safety again. Get off my
0: lawn. Uh, look, number one, the segues coming from the chatter, fantastic. Like Yeah. Doing, like, in order of what I have left. This is, this is perfect. Blaine, you're doing a great job, too, by the way. Thanks, bud. Uh, look, I, I want to say this. The Emory Williams kid went 8 of 23 last night. Fluked into that touchdown at the end. But I like this cat. Yeah. I, I like him. I like him a lot. I know Van Dyke had to come in because <clears throat> Emery, who, by the way, is a lot bigger than what I thought. Like, just just off top. That's a big, long. He's longer than a Harry Potter book. And, and I know he stretched out to get that first time. He's got guts, man. Like, oh boy was letting it rip. Like he's got he's gotta continue to grow. I think this is a guy you can really lean on, though. I I like I as As much as you can like an eight out of twenty three performance, right? I I liked it. He was he was willing to take hits. He was standing in there delivering the ball. Miss Restrepo a couple times. He'll continue to get better. Uh, But but I I liked his competitiveness. I think this shows you because think about this: you're Miami, right? You're you're six and three coming in. You're two and three in the conference. You look over at Florida State, 9-0, 5-0 in the conference, looking to play for a national championship, tons of momentum. You're young up front. They're old everywhere. You're on the road in a rivalry game. You got your backup quarterback, a freshman, having to start and go in there and play. You get down 10 nothing, like 7-0 off the rip. Jordan's doing his thing. Johnny Wilson, the giraffe's out there. Keon Coleman is running with his knees to his face which is just crazy to watch when he takes off. Look how high his knees get. You're down 10-0, and your guys fight back. You fight back to tie it at halftime. Florida State takes a lead in the third quarter. You fight back to get into it. You make a big play at the end to to get it to seven points. You weren't able to finish it. And I do want to give credit to Florida State. This is a rivalry game. We Mm -hmm. know what this game was. But I'm going to tell you boys something. I watched every game yesterday. Every every game I could possibly watch on the multi view on the phone, Blaine, you are over here. You know mm-hmm. my wife made delicious food and we had a great time. But this game, Miami and Florida State, was the most physical game of the day, mm-hmm. without a doubt, in my opinion. The hits in this game, and I know it's always physical like this, but if you close your eyes, it sounded it sounded like like, like an invasion, like an attack, like 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 Tomorrow or War or whatever, or the one with, with t- the edge of tomorrow, like when they hit the beach. If you close your eyes, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like two Transformers or Pacific Rim, just robots out there freaking out and steel, hitting, steel. Keon Coleman got popped at the goal line one time. I mean, it hurt, my shoulder hurt from <laughs> watching it. But this, this was a hell of a game, and I'm going to make sure, after all the stuff that Miami's – and it's self-inflicted. Take a knee, bro. Mm-hmm. Take a knee. A lot of this stuff is taking care of itself. But I want to make sure and give credit to Mario Cristobal. His team showed up for a fight yesterday, and they were not afraid to throw punches. But Florida State, you survive in advance at this point, boys.
1: This was my favorite rivalry game growing up, Florida State against Miami. And imagine being a true freshman quarterback, and your first start is on Bobby Bowden Field in Dope Campbell Stadium. And Miami goes in there, and they fight hard. And then as if you couldn't script it you know, any weirder, he goes out, and the guy who gets benched, Tyler Van Dyke, has to come in and give you a chance to win the football game, and he did. Look, you 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 went in there, you fought, you lose twenty-seven to twenty. Miami rushed for one hundred and thirty-one yards against one of the top five teams in the country. Uh, I think Miami and Mario Cristobal took things from this game that they can build off of and say, "Hey, we just played one of the best teams in the country down to the wire." And Florida State took something from it too. We're ten and zero now. Let's move forward. Yeah,
0: I mean Jacoby George, five catches, a buck fifty-three, two touchdowns. Oh, buddy, had a night and was talking was talking the whole way was talking the whole way
2: (laughs) i was going to cg8743 with a ten dollar donation appreciated brother he says i read that james madison university isn't bulge eligible despite being undefeated and the school is trying to make that happen should they go to a bowl why or why not
0: uh yes this is the stupidest rule ever like this is the dumbest rule ever imagine if if you got hired to do a job all right and and you're you're in you're in a new branch and just for the first year, they're just not gonna pay you though. Like you you similar job, right? It's not like you're going through training, but there's we're just not gonna pay you because you moved up, right? So I gotta run into the same people at full speed. I've got to take the same hits, I've got to play a similar schedule. But yet if I don't win, or if regardless if I win or not, then then it doesn't matter. I can't win the conference. I can't go to a bowl game. Well, hell, my ass just should have sat this year out and lifted weights and gone and recruit them. Like, it's – what What does this do? Like, what does this – I know we say, oh, well, some teams are like, well, you're new to the conference. You should be able to win it. Well, th- that's amazing. That's amazing. I don't see Texas or Oklahoma being an eligible year one in the SEC. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Now, I know James Madison is going up a level, right? But shouldn't that make you even more eligible? It's even harder. Like, you, it makes it tougher. This is one of the, the dumbest – you know, I guess as we move through time as human beings, we get, we get rid of stupid rules, right? Like rules that don't matter anymore. Uh, uh, like, like it, it just – this seems like one of the rules when college football is changing so much. And this is in general. I watched this happen in college basketball last year. I think it was Bellarmine, Bellarmine one of the teams that won their conference regular season, then won the conference tournament but couldn't go to the NCAA tournament because it was their first year. This is so stupid. When I am head sports czar of the world and universe and solar system, my first act, right? My first executive order will be to to eliminate this rule, right? Eliminate this rule. And also the day before any, the day before and the day after any national championship game in baseball, basketball, football, and college is a holiday. There you go.
2: And so is signing day. I I can get behind that. Let's go to George Scott. He wants to know, is Louisville going to whip FSU in the ACC championship? The more I watch, the more I think so.
0: Man, uh, Louisville survived, but Virginia's been doing. Virginia's been scaring teams. I mean, they're, they're mm-hmm. the they're the team that you know, kind of looks, you know, just like it's like the old person walking across the street, and then all of a sudden you look again, and they're like full speed sprinting. Like, is it, that's just who Virginia yeah. is? I I think Louisville can beat Florida State, but but I'll go, I'll go back to to one of Florida State's strengths. I think Florida State can win any type of game. Like we, to to speak at college basketball, this is what we talked about last year, right? Like the teams that survive, especially when it comes down to what, because Florida State can't lose. I don't care if it's the regular season. I don't care if it's the conference championship game. They're not in a position like a Washington. They're not in a position like a Georgia uh, to to where you can, you get to play in Alabama or you get to play in an Oregon again if you drop one, right? Or or something like that. I, I don't think that, or, you know, if Michigan would have lost to Penn State, you get to play Ohio State, right? Uh, but when, when I look at when, when I look at Florida State, they can win a rock fight. They, they can win a low-scoring slugfest. They can win a high-scoring game. They can go up and down with you. But what, to me, separates Florida State and what I think, and Blaine, we talked about this yesterday uh, watching the games, and, and I agree with you, what I think gives Florida State a chance against Georgia, what I think gives Florida State a chance against Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State, they have the same type cats mm-hmm. that, that – Ohio State does on the outside. Say what you want. Marvin Harrison Jr. best receiver in college football to me. But they don't have – and Ibuka is nice. But I would take the combination of a healthy Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. I would take that combination about just over anybody outside of the three that Washington got on the same roster. But when you look at Jaheim Bell, when you look at Trey Benson, when you look at Jordan Travis, the guy that can beat you with his arm, can beat you with his legs, can beat you with his legs, and then with his arm when he scrambles because he scrambles with his eyes up. Uh, You look what they have outside. I just brought up Coleman and Wilson and these guys. This Florida State team, man, and Jared Verse and these guys on defense. This is a very versatile team that I think can be very malleable and can hang in games regardless of the tempo, regardless of the style. And that's how you win championships
2: with dudes. That's how. Let's yeah. go to Alan Crew. He says that Mizzou running back is still running. I'm pretty sure he just passed my house.
1: Another I got a stats right ben, here. Oh God. Cody, Cody Schrader. Called- what do, 205, what say, 205 on the ground, and another one sixteen receiving through the air on five receptions. Mind you, Cody Schrader and the Missouri Tigers, thirty six to seven over the Volunteers. Maybe the most shocking game yesterday to me.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be as as what was that the only one that picked Missouri with with Junior in this one? Did he I pick picked Missouri?
1: Tennessee? I now, I mean, I thought it'd be a close game, and I have yeah. the, the utmost respect for what Missouri's done this season, but thirty six to seven,
0: dude. Well, I was more looked at the. Missouri moving the ball and scoring at home didn't shock me. Cody Schrader putting up those numbers, right, surprised me a little bit. But we've watched this Missouri team. Luther Burden did end up playing. Uh, this Missouri got twenty
1: six yards. Yeah, right, it's not yeah. like he went off for two hundred yards. No,
0: no, oh. it's kind of similar to to what they did against Kentucky on the road, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I know Luther scored late against Tennessee there, and there was some bad blood after you know people forget. You know Tennessee scored a very late touchdown in an absolute ass beating of Missouri last year in Knoxville, and you could tell that Eli went. Do you hear what Eli said after the game? What did he say. He said that, and and you to you want to tell when a guy, and I know Eli will say, he'll he'll tell you what he thinks. I got a ton of respect for him. He goes, yeah, our defense kicked their ass today. Like <laughs> it, it just felt, it just felt a, a little purse, you know, a, a little personal. But I was more surprised that Tennessee, even when, even when we talked about Joe Milton not being able to make the routine throws routine, you saw it in this game, buddy. You saw it front and center in this game. He'll throw the ball 90 yards, but he can't throw the dig consistently. Can't throw the slant. Can't throw the basic. Struggled to throw the swing. But watching Missouri stifle Tennessee time and time again, Regardless of what tempo you can obviously see, I'm, uh, I'm, it's, it's like Ace Ventura over here. Now my cat's sitting in my lap. Uh, but I was shocked to see Tennessee only score seven points, guys. It, yeah. It's weird to see. And Missouri's not great against the pass either. Like this isn't some elite Missouri defense.
2: Scored seven. Scored seven. seven. A Missouri defense that's been giving up thirty plus the entire game. But it's not like Joe Milton hadn't been playing phenomenal the couple weeks before this. Right? How are we going backwards, and how are we going this far backwards? I mean, look.
0: Because it's, it's Joe Milton, how, right? How it, it's the inconsistency. We said it all off season When all your- these people on and everybody's like, Joe Milton's going to be the breakout player of the year. He can throw it 90 yards and hit a water bottle off the back of a golf cart. Well, guess what, bud? He can't throw a fastball down the middle.
1: Can't throw a Noah, strike I think it's, it's also worth talking about the lack of run game for Tennessee yeah. here. 83 yards rushing. Meanwhile, uh, Missouri rushes for 255. Like, how are you getting put in that situation to start with?
0: They doubled up the time of possession, Dave. Yeah. Like this, it wasn't because Tennessee just goes really fast and was scoring really quickly. Yeah. They doubled the possessions and doubled their plays.
1: And now w- Missouri is a win, a win at home against Florida here, which is a winnable game, and a win on the road against Arkansas, which is a very winnable game. Those two wins away from being a 10-win team.
0: Mm. Wild.
1: Wow.
0: That's Wild. great. Eli, hey, that extension's looking looking smart now. That extension's really looking smart I'm happy now. for it, man. Uh, definitely. Uh, Blaine, let's stay in the chat, but I do want to get to Jimbo here in a second. I think we've hit m- most of the big games, unless I've just totally spaced on some. Uh, let's go
2: to Anthony Long with the $5 donation. Appreciate it, Ant. It says, during Iron Bowl week, if Hugh Freeze comes out talking that talent gap crap, I'm going to lose my mind. We are good enough to win this game. War damn eagle.
0: <laughs> Easy. Anthony, don't you get my... Anthony, Anthony, listen. Listen, I'm excited that you're excited, brother. I really am. But here's the thing. There's a huge talent gap. Like, not not little. Not little talent gap. Huge talent gap. Now, Auburn does have a couple things going go in their favor. One, it's a rivalry game.
1: Mm.
0: Y'all know how this one goes. Look at how Miami-Florida State just went, right? And they had a 12-year-old at quarterback. And By the way, Drew Allen for Penn State looks 11 years old, like legitimately yeah. looks 11 years old. <laughs> that story for another day. Another thing Auburn has, it's at home. Jordan Hare, the Iron Bowl, weird things happen. Where do you think Chucky was born in Jordan Hare? How do you think that happened? Weird stuff happens. But here's where I worry about Auburn. Peyton Thorne, his ability to run is going to be catamount in this game. It is yeah. paramount, whatever that word is. It, it is going to be huge. I just don't know if against this front seven defensively, Auburn can consistently run the ball well enough to have a chance to hit some passes. Just to have a chance to hit some passes. I just I don't see how Auburn has any balance in this game. And eventually, as as hard as Alabama, as, as Auburn plays on defense, as impressed as as I've been with what Ron Roberts is doing. I just don't know if they can stop Jalen Monroe. I just like not not stop him, but contain him to the point where Auburn's offense can score enough points to stay in it. But it's a rivalry game. Who knows? We have got a couple weeks. Hey, New Mexico State's coming to town, Anthony. That's what I know. And that's this isn't this in your granddad's New Mexico State. All right, Jerry Kill got a tat during the summer. I mean, he's he's having the time of his life right now. They got a quarterback that that you know he's got some Mike Winchell in him.
2: Let's go to Mini Ditka. He wants to know. The transition. <laughs> go get Mike Elko or Dan Lanning. They obviously have unlimited money to inquire. Texas A&M. Yeah. If you haven't heard, if you haven't. Hold heard, on.
1: There's a Mini Ditka in the chat.
2: Yeah, babe. That is
1: that is legendary.
0: That is great. That is great. Obviously, uh, uh, my cat Molly loves 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 her some Mike Ditka. Um. Anyways. God, now I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, Jimbo Billy Fish, Lucci, okay. yeah, and, and yes, Billy Lucci, our good friend, which I'm sure we'll talk to Billy this week. Has reported had they officially fired him yet or not? Has it, has it officially right now? Ahead?
1: It still says breaking per multiple sources, Texas A&M set to part ways with Jimbo Fisher. As early yeah. as today, the decision was reached at the recommendation of the AD and the university president during last Thursday's board of regents meeting. So this is before the big blowout win Texas A&M had this weekend.
0: Probably the game of their life against Mississippi state. Hey, yeah. let's get them, let's him one more shot. Um, number one, I do not feel if I'm Jimbo Fisher, Right in my buyouts, what seventy million?
1: Something seventy like that? plus.
0: Seventy plus. Here's what I'm doing. I'm doing what Ed Orgeron did. Oh, hey, I need to come meet with you. Okay, I'm sitting down. Oh, you're firing me, and you're going to pay me my full buyout. Okay. Um, do, can I help y'all with anything? Like, can I just do I just get to leave now? Like, can I just leave now <laughs> and then and and just go home? I would love to. Get, I would get publicly. I would get fired in front of everyone. Like in the United States, like to call a press conference to fire me for $70 million. For $70 million, you can fire me in front of – like my grandmother can be there. All my friends can be there. My wife can be there. Fire me. Say all terrible things about me for three hours, but fire me for $70 million. Wow, what a great country we live in. Second off, to me, when I said this to Michigan State, a and how – I know you, how bad you want to win. See, when Michigan State – I don't know, David – I really don't know. Not saying that I don't think Michigan State wants to win. I don't know how bad they're willing to win. I know how bad a and willing to win. Mm-hmm. I know A&M not won a national championship since before we beat the Nazis, dog, in World War II. And I know they're willing to do whatever it takes, especially with Texas coming in the SEC. So, listen, Mike Elko, I think he'd do a great job. What a performance by Duke last night, too, taking North Carolina mm-hmm. into overtime without Riley Leonard. That mm-hmm. was an insane game. And to be honest with you, Duke got screwed out of it at the end. That was an interception. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Mike Elko would be a great hire. He'd he'd get AM get AM right. I think he'd do a really good job. He understands the lay of the land. Right. I, I there's one guy out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you want if you want B low to break cage yeah. and get this, that's Urban Meyer. Okay. Is he a great guy? No. But guess who you just hired at offensive coordinator, bud? Bobby Petrino, he's not exactly speaking at the Boys and Girls Club every Wednesday about how to live your life and make the right decisions, okay? (laughs) Like, he's not exactly the the person that's going in there and pretending to be Santa Claus during the holidays around the kids and eating all the cookies and drinking the milk and handing out presents, okay? Texas A&M fans, they're tired of it. They're tired of it. And you know what? I'm tired of it for you. So if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to be the coach at Texas A&M. I'm going to do what it takes to win. not worried about Saban, who's they're, – they're slowly – you know, they win it this year, who knows, but when are they going to put Saban on the raft and send mm-hmm. him down the river while they light the candles and everybody's singing on the shoreline, right? No,
1: Sabatron. Yeah. Sabatron, well, 3,000.
0: Look, I don't trust AI, David. I don't want to get into that. But if I'm Urban Meyer, all right, we stop with the overalls and the, the guys doing all this stuff, right? Have Yale practice. We'll go scream into the <laughs> night. We'll go to every neighborhood in College Station and scream. It'll like be like Christmas caroling every week. No more overalls with the dudes doing that. Okay? No it's just not That's tradition. a
1: tradition. They're not stopping.
0: Yeah, well yeah, really? Well, your tradition of not winning national championships, that one's still going strong. I guarantee you 99% of a ms fan base would rather those dudes not walk around in overalls, not being funny and freaking everybody out, to be able to win a national championship. So right, it look, still
1: says, uh, it still a says David, Texas a and
0: We throw toilet paper on trees. Okay? I know. So, which is 10 times better than that, though. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. Which one would you rather do? Which one would you rather your father catch you doing?
1: I've thrown toilet paper at Tumors Corner. It's a good time. It, uh, it still time. says Texas A and M expected to fire head coach Jimbo Fisher, which is the second time I've heard is expected to in the yeah. last forty eight hours. How ESPN knows that Texas A and M is expected to fire him before Jimbo Fisher is actually told, and how they know that the Big Ten is expected to suspend Jim Harbaugh before the university's actually told. Don't get me started on all this crap. They still but. Have Uh, Urban Meyer is not going to take the Michigan State job. He's just not going to go coach at Michigan State. He would take the Texas A&M job. I really think he would. And I think without a doubt, they would have him. And his name's going to come up for every big opening like this. One, because he's one of the greatest coaches in college football history, multiple national championships. And two, he's still young enough to be able to lead a program for multiple seasons. Even, you know, everyone's going to joke, well, it would only be for four years before he has another, uh, you know, health condition and quits. But in four years, you might have multiple national championships to be honest
0: worth it worth it a 100% worth it I mean you got grandfathers grandfathers hadn't seen a and win this thing can you imagine the conference with Kirby Smart Nick Saban Brian Kelly Texas coming in Oklahoma coming in good god man my, my go get Urban Meyer but in reality if it's not Urban a couple names obviously Mike Elko. Lance Lee pulled from, from Kansas. I just don't know if, the, if everybody gets super excited about that one. If, ain't, if that one's just like, you know, what do you think, Blaine?
2: What about Dabo? Y'all think Dabo would take it? No. What? No. What? No.
0: What
1: if you're and and Block, would Alabama, you hire Dabo?
2: It. I mean, that's multiple national championship winner. <laughs> good guy. Runs down the hill really Look good. Look at trajectory. He'd have to change his whole approach. Well, maybe it's time. All right. Maybe what? It's time to what?
0: Not using tra- the transfer portal? I don't think. <laughs> I think it's
2: time to do the opposite of that. I think it's time to use. Mike Elko really feel like the right fit. Who gets excited about that?
1: He does have history with the program, though, right?
2: I mean, no one's going to get. Oh, great guys, we hired Mike Elko. <laughs> Can't wait. Got a Chris Ferrard with a five dollar donation. Appreciate it, Chris. He says my seniors got back on track yesterday. They looked really. Good, big win over West Virginia for
0: the Sooners and yeah. Brent. Um, early in that game, it looked like Oklahoma just, you know, it kept regressing back defensively to what what they were last year. Um, and I don't know, is there some bad blood between Brent Venables and Neil Brown? That the post game, the post game handshake was kind of weird. It, it looked it was, weird. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what was what was going on there. Uh, you know, I know Oklahoma did score late, but look, Dylan Gabriel, fantastic game. You, you know, a, a guy that plays bigger than he is. Everything yeah. was working for Oklahoma. You know, you got little stoops, the little white witch running around out there um, from Oklahoma. And West Virginia, look, West Virginia popped them early too now. They took – West Virginia took the ball right down the field on that mm-hmm. first drive and scored. And me and Blaine looked at each other like, uh-oh. Like, yeah. it's, it's another – because I think West Virginia was plus 12, something like that, plus 11.5 um, at kickoff. But, no, Oklahoma just, de- just offensively overwhelmed West Virginia to the point uh, where West Virginia just couldn't function. And, I mean, you look up – and all of a sudden, a game that was within us two scores are 10 points. It's it's 52 to 20. Like, just Oklahoma. Levy when he gets cooking, right? When he gets cooking with Dylan Gabriel, with what they do offensively, with the amount of choice routes and option routes they have, it's tough to defend, man.
1: 423 passing, five TDs, no picks, and another Rufio. 50 on the ground for Dylan Gabriel.
0: Rufio. Oh. Rufio. Dude, the, the man's Rufio. Look at a picture of him. Tell me that's not Rufio yeah. from Hook. I was gonna
2: Tom Green. He wants to know can we see Willie Fritz from Tulane maybe end up at AM?
0: Hey man, well, Tulane barely h- held on to beat Tulsa yesterday. I don't know what the hell's going on with Michael Pratt here lately, but they need to figure it out. Tulsa's not exactly, you know, the 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 dominant team up on the hill. There's a reason it's that their name is what it is spelled backwards. Um, but Tulane uh and Willie Fritz, look, I coach against Willie Fritz when he was at Georgia Southern. They beat us. Like it was going out of style. That the spread option stuff that he does is really good. He's been able to evolve it over time. Here's the thing, though: we live in a world. Coaching is is turning more and more into a what? Into a young man's game, right? And who really, right now, at a a high level? Not saying that Willie couldn't do it or really wouldn't have success. He's had success everywhere he's went. But who, right now, if you're at one of these places that's going to open? Let's say it's Arkansas, right? Let's say Arkansas with Sam Pittman opens. Which keep your eye on that one after last week. Obviously, you look at AM. You look at some of these places where, where guys are probably going to get replaced. Who really gets excited? We talk about who gets excited about Mike Elko. Who gets who really gets excited about an older Willie Fritz? Like to lead your right. your program into this continue, you know, this continuation of, of the spiraling of NIL and the transfer portal and all this stuff and guys sitting out and the expanded playoff. Like, who are you are you as an AD? of a big-time place or a place that has to win now or the AD is out. Uh, who's who's really getting excited about Willie Fritz?
2: No, I agree 100% nobody is. All right, let's go to Jonathan Villa with a $5 donation. Jay, appreciate it, brother. He says, Lane Kiff to A&M. Timing after Ole Miss losing is an interesting little brother move with Sark at UT. Sexton is the agent to all three. Can we see Kiff going to A&M?
0: Dude, if this that would be David. Can you imagine the the media fallout from that?
1: Mm-mm. Can, Not like, really.
0: Like my that that may just thinking about that makes my head explode. I
1: like, guess he's going to be in the conversation every year to get these other jobs. I mean, I I, I don't see it happening.
0: Well, well, it's it's that he just said it's the Jimmy Sexton special. Look, mm-hmm. Jimmy's going to win either way. But either way, and and here's it's amazing when this happens, right? When when a coach loses a big game. And then all of a sudden, his name gets floated to take a job that's that's a little bit better than the one where he's at. Not that there's not some legitimacy to it during some of those circumstances, but a lot of times, you know what he's doing? He's covering. That his agent is covering for that loss for the way they just played. Wow, what a coincidence that, that Lane Kiffin starts getting getting rumored to go to Auburn right after a big loss. Right, hmm. it's amazing how how a lot of these guys it happens right after a loss, and you wonder why. Like, how how could that happen? Well, guess what? You know what it is? It's like we had a coach that I coached with that every time we'd lose, he'd bring his his small children to work like Monday of the next week, so the head coach and if the eighties in there can see his kids running around, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it just humanized them. That's what I feel like this is a little bit. But if there was if there was ever a place that Lane Kiffin I think would entertain leaving Ole Miss to yep. go to that that could pay him like because look, I mean, AM really you take AM to SEC championship game, that's a huge, that's a huge win. They they've never done that before, right? So it's not like you got to go in there and win the Natty Year One and they'll pay you ungodly amounts of money. But does Lane Kiffin it, does he feel like he's the perfect size pit fish in the perfect size pond? Because he's done the big time place thing,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: USC. Hell the rate, the rate is when he's like like 26, right? Tennessee, he's done this before. But now you go win nine games every two to three years at Ole Miss, legendary, wing of the stadium named after you. you know, <laughs> nobody's going to tattle. Like it just I, – I, I don't know. It, we do this every year with Lane Kiffin. All right, let's go
2: to Ross. He says, just imagine being a Florida Gators fan this morning. Another, another tough one against LSU yesterday.
0: Yeah, look, going to play LSU's offense, they got the best offense in the country. If I'm a Florida fan, I'm more pissed about what, what I saw happen in Fayetteville yesterday. That's, that's what I'm pissed about. How do you lose to this Arkansas team at home? How? And then you go watch Auburn, who's deficient in a lot of places, just beat them to death. Mm-hmm. Just beat them in every aspect of human life yesterday. That's what would piss me off. Not that you gave up 52 to LSU. There's a lot of teams that are going to give up 52 to LSU. A lot of them, right? It, it's it's the fact that, that you lost and you're trying to get bowl eligible. Now look at the rest of Florida's schedule. Who they got, what, Missouri? Yeah. Got Missouri next and then Florida State? You're sitting at five wins right now, bud. Mm-hmm. That Arkansas one you had to have. You had to have that one. But I would be more upset, but, but, but I've said this. It, this has been such a roller coaster with Billy Napier. It's going to continue to be a roller coaster because 2024 is like getting jumped by a group of ninjas when you're blindfolded walking in the house. Like, that's, that's what the 2024 schedule is like. But I do think Billy, over time, is the right guy at Florida. I, I really believe that.
2: Let's go to CG87343 with another $5 donation. Appreciate it, brother. He says, Loving the Zingers and One Liners this morning, fellas. Keep it up. I haven't seen this good of a lineup since I don't know when. CG, appreciate it. God,
0: I haven't seen this good of a lineup since the Braves are in the regular season.
1: Mm. Too
2: bad we get in the
0: playoffs. From, we're just
1: Too boring. soon. Oh, Too ring. soon. I right, us go
2: to Jared Grubbs, hashtag AskCranico. Jared Goff's ha- in here? What the hell happened to Oklahoma State? Mm. Dude, hey. Gus you know,
1: Malzon no, 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 no. special.
0: Blaine, I got to give you credit for this one, bud. Like, if you go back, I think it was, God, what day we previewed this game, David? Was it Tuesday Mm. or Wednesday we were talking about it? Blaine goes, and if if you're an Auburn fan, you know know this one. You've seen this movie a million times. Gus Malzahn a couple times a year. He's going to blow it against somebody he shouldn't, and they're going to look like heaven's army against somebody a couple times a year. This was an absolute beatdown of epic proportion From the jump, Blaine, from the jump, they're scoring on offense. They're scoring on defense. Everything was working. Do you think, Blaine, do you think this is more of Oklahoma State coming down to reality? Or did they just have so much? They've been on such an emotional tour this past three to four weeks that they just kind of ran into a buzzsaw. I don't know. I think
2: Oklahoma State just might be schizophrenic.
1: <laughs> At
2: this point, how do you get beat 45 to three?
1: 52 yards rushing after Ugh. the performance they've been having.
2: What? It's just, it doesn't, nothing about this makes sense. First of all, those UCF jerseys are absolutely fire. Yeah, well, they were the powder blues, right? Or they were like the aqua greens, like the powder blues, aqua greens, greens, somewhere in that color palette. I don't
1: know, it's it's not even in their school color palette, and they still have the audacity to say, No, we're just gonna wear these this weekend. I I don't mind it.
2: I love love it. it. I I think
0: everybody should wear powder blue.
2: (laughs) They already get to some NFL games.
1: Let's do it.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, the Colts are are actually playing the Patriots right now. They're playing, I don't know, somewhere in Frankfurt, Beta Reticula, (laughs) four or whatever. Um, It's uh, seven to three at halftime, but want to roll through these um, and and then obviously finish out with with the rest of you guys' questions. Niners at the Jags. Uh, Jaguars plus three and a half. Man, I kind of like the Jags to cover this one, fellas.
2: Look, Trevor Lawrence, Jags. Corey, we're out here, baby. Give me the Jags cover. Corey.
1: Man, this is an interesting one because the Niners have dropped three straight. Now you're going to go on the road to play a team that's won, what, five in a row? I think Jacksonville's won five in a row. This isn't a sneaky good test for what we thought was the best team in football a couple of weeks ago. Give me the 49ers to bounce back.
2: Yeah, whatever, David. Devo Samuel's back. All right. Mm. For 49ers, which is big. But I do not do not think Trent Williams will be back for the 49ers in this game. Hey, is, mm. is Chase Young playing today? I don't see why he wouldn't be playing. I mean, like, just, I mean, it's not like you have to roll into the playbook, like, go tackle the quarterback. <laughs> hey, read the block. You get a down block, squeeze, right? Put
1: your hand in the ground and, and go. he's out,
0: you're out. Uh, Texans at the Bengals. Bengals six-point favorites. They've been hot with Joey B, baby.
2: Yeah, I mean, whatever the over is, take it. I mean, look, the Texans have been playing great, but right now the Bengals are starting to look like the Bengals. Give me the Bengals and the They're point.
0: over. It's at and a half.
1: Bengals yep. win, Texans cover.
0: Yep, Titans mm-hmm. at the Bucks. Will Levis, Baker Mayfield, over unders thirty nine. Let me tell you the time. Let me tell you about the time that I took the Buccaneers
2: minus two and a half. Um, yeah. Sooner or later, Will Levis is going to mess up. Yeah. Sooner or later, he's going to have. And it a-
1: Won't be today. Give me the Titans.
2: Oh God. Give me the Bucks. Give me Baker. Baker's kind of having a pretty damn good year. If you go Sneaky. look at that.
0: Doing the stupid ass commercials.
2: I'm excited about it, but no, I think Will makes a couple mistakes in this game. Yeah. Well with the Bucks.
0: The Browns at the Ravens, Ravens six and a half point favorites over under is 38. That Browns defense is hell. But the Ravens, man, they've been hot on offense. It's just the reason I don't like betting games that involve the Browns is because they have Miles Garrett. And at mm-hmm. any point yeah. in time, at any point in time, he can take over the the entire. I don't care who they're playing. I, I, I just I do not care. I don't care if it's the Chiefs. I don't care who it is. When Miles Garrett is cooking, uh, he's Heisenberg.
2: Yeah, I mean, but if there's one guy who can get away from him, that's Lamar Jackson.
0: I don't yeah. know. Can he? Can yeah. anybody get away from him? If we sent Miles Garrett over to Ukraine, I don't think Russia could get away from him, honestly. No,
2: Lamar can move better in the pocket than Russia can, um, <laughs> honestly. Um, but they got, Lamar got a little bit banged up last week.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
2: How healthy he is walking in. <laughs> Ravens' defense is, looks like what the Ravens' defense is supposed to look. These yeah. guys – Absolute animals. I watched somebody. I heard watch somebody,
0: Roquan I heard Smith run around.
2: Someone hit somebody. A linebacker hit somebody last weekend on a Sunday and scream hallelujah. And I heard mm-hmm. a,
0: like I, it's I, if I, you want to prevent if you want to prevent any type of global conflict. This is why I love that we're playing these games overseas, just so they can understand. I feel like yeah. the Ravens should always have to play overseas at least one game, so the the Europeans have to watch Roquan Smith run around, just to mm. understand that at any point. If you decide to piss any of us off, this is one player on one team. Like, you have you you have no idea. Like, you think the technology we have is good? Yeah. yeah. Good luck, buddy. One of y'all re- catch Tyreek Hill. One yeah, of y'all re- catch Tyreek Hill.
2: Against the Ravens defense. Drones won't save you against the Ravens defense.
0: No. No, it won't. It won't at I'll all. I'll take
1: the Ravens in this one, too. I
2: like them, too, man. I like them. I all like right. Them. Saints at the
0: Vikings. Josh Dobbs, the hairless wonder, did it again last week. Uh, great story. Really happy for Josh, uh, a guy that I really liked when he was at Tennessee, too. Anybody that can make Butch Jones look good uh, is, is a hell of a player. The Saints are three point favorites, guys. Is it we're taking a flyer on the Vikings at home on the money line plus 124, or maybe maybe taking
2: it plus three and a half?
1: Right? Who knows? This Saints team is so weird.
2: They are weird, they are, man. They are like their defense has, I think, their defense has somewhat been a letdown this year. Um, especially- lately for sure. I'm not betting against Josh Jobs. His parents are in the Men in Black. I'm not doing it.
1: <laughs> Michael Thomas got arrested for, what was it, battery charges, right? Did you say Josh Dobbs' parents are in the Men in Black? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was known.
2: If you go if you go watch Men in Black 2 when they walk through the lobby, you can see Josh Jobs' parents walk through.
1: Yeah, they're credited too.
2: Yeah, so I'm not betting against Josh Jobs. No, me Josh
1: neither. Does. Give me the Vikings.
2: Yeah, I love it. Oh, man,
0: that was a good one. I got to hear that was a good one. Packers, three point underdogs on the road at the Steelers in a game that's so ugly, you wouldn't claim it if it was your kid either. The overrunners at 38 and a half. I can't
2: wait not to watch. See, this is the type of game that'll never be on red zone.
0: Yeah, it just won't. It just won't show up. Kickoff. They'll have kickoff like when it's in the octo.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then it'll never be on there again.
1: I like the Steelers to win. I like the Steelers to cover. And I like the under, which if they don't show any plays on red zone and you've taken the under, that's a good thing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Under, I can't, I can't wait to watch TJ watch strip sack for a seven nothing Steelers a win in this game.
2: Jordan, <laughs> left, not the guy, he's not it.
1: Hey, that Iowa under hit this weekend though,
0: dude. Yes, sir, Iowa about about carried the water, hit the over themselves,
1: yeah, uh, but they didn't. Thank goodness,
0: scored 22 points. People and I were wondering, freaking out, they didn't realize that the scoreboard could go that high, mm. like you had those numbers in there. Um, the Lions, two and a half point. Damn, boys. I didn't realize the Lions were favored in this game. Lions are two and a half point favorites on the road at the LA Chargers, right? It's just still weird to say. The over under is 48 and a half. What are we feeling? What are we feeling? Just Justin Herbert?
1: How are you feeling about this one, Blaine? This one's kind of weird.
2: What's the over under? 48 and a half? 48 and a half. Yeah, I love the over.
1: I Um, do too, but how about the game, though?
2: I like the Chargers in this.
1: It Um, kind of feels like that, doesn't it?
2: I just feel like the Chargers, uh, i got to see if Jordan Palmer playing this weekend for them. I know he was banged up last week um, and didn't play. He's a big piece for them. But I think they have too much on offense. I think Austin Eckler's starting to come along. I think they're starting to stop the run better on defense, and, and Staley need that um, just from a head coaching standpoint. The Lions are playing, uh, playing great. They are coming off a bye week, um, which is big. So I think everybody would be healthy for them. But if this game was at home, I'd probably take Detroit. But if they're on the road, give me the Chargers.
1: I think it could go either way. You know what? I'm going to take Detroit in this game, though.
2: Okay. okay.
0: I like that. I'm gonna take the over. So yeah, I
1: like that too. Yeah.
0: Uh in, in another game that, you know, it's you got two birds fighting each other, which is usually pretty dope, but not when it's the Falcons and the Cardinals. Uh yep. the Cardinals are two and a half point underdogs at home. The over under is forty three and a half. Uh man, Taylor Heineke versus Clayton Thune. This is uh don't send these guys to Europe. They don't need to see this.
2: Yeah, after what the Falcons did last week against the Vikings, I'll never pick them again. Oh uh, yeah, oh, dude. Cardinals by a thousand.
1: <laughs> I'll take that bet. Yeah, give I'll me a, a thousand, thousand points.
2: Thousand. I'm still waiting for my FedEx package, Arthur.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, Giants at the Cowboys. You ever seen Jake put everything on the Cowboys? Uh, probably buy that thing down to sixteen because the Giants aren't going to score. Mine is
1: 17 and a half. Can you believe that line?
0: I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's enough. But the Giants may hold up for like halfway through the first quarter. But at some point, you realize how screwed you are offensively, right? And that it's it's not going to work. Then you just slowly start to give up throughout the game. And that's when the Cowboys just – it's kind of like that tidal wave, right? It's just you see it. Oh, we're playing on the shore. Oh, we're playing – Oh. Yeah, just, and it just doesn't stop, and you can't stop it. Cowboys,
2: huge. Yeah, I mean, 16, 16 and a half, 17 and a half in the NFL is basically minus 40 and a half in college, yeah. is it, what it is. And I don't think it's enough. Trust this guy Ooh. has Barkley on his uh, fancy team. He'll get 30 carries and get 11 points. So can't wait. Give me the Chargers. There's, I mean, give me the Cowboys. There's not a big enough spread I wouldn't take.
0: All right, last. Uh, what do you think, David?
1: Oh, give me the Cowboys. I mean, 16 and a half, I don't even, or 17 and a half. I don't think I've seen a spread that long in a, in a while. So I don't know about the, I don't know about taking the spread, but Cowboys, uh, Cowboys big at home.
0: Huge. Uh, Cowboys are minus 1650 to win. Uh, the commanders are at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are six point favorites. Uh, the commanders kind of see them selling a little bit. Chase Young, you know, gone now to the 49ers. The over under is 44 and a half in this game. I like the Seahawks to bounce back here.
1: I, I do too. It was a bad loss at the Ravens. The Ravens have just been beating people bad. I mean, they beat the, the Seahawks so 37 right to 3. They whipped up on the Lions. The Ravens are just hot. I think uh, Seahawks bounce back here today.
2: Yeah, I agree. Give me the Hawks.
0: Mm. All right. Last one. Man, the New York Jets versus the Raiders. The Raiders. I love saying that. It's just so much fun. Uh, the Raiders are a, a one point underdog at home. The over under is 30. Six. Why, why am I not taking Aiden O'Connor on the boys? Under,
1: Far- under. Give me the Jets to win on the road and the under hits.
0: I love- give me, Far- here, give me Far- hmm? Farva. Farva.
1: Farva.
0: Farva? Yeah. Because of the
2: stash? Yeah, baby. Give them to me. Come on.
0: Ricola, a little Las Vegas Raiders. They're minus one hundred and two. The Raiders are minus one hundred and two to win on the money line. The Jets are minus one eighteen. I just uh, don't trust Zach Wilson. Anybody that looks like you know he's going to go play in a game and then build a fort in his living room out of pillow cushions. Uh, yeah. I just don't trust. I don't.
2: T- I don't talk crap about guys who hook up with moms, man. He's the best player in the NFL. No, look, look.
0: That I I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just saying I don't trust him, and I don't think I'm wrong on both those accounts to not trust Zach Wilson. I don't want him around my mother or around my bets unless I'm betting against him. But I'll never bet against the chat. Let's wrap up.
1: Blaine, leave us? Blaine, bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Uh... Well, I, I've got the chat here. I don't Ooh, know. If, call it uh,
0: audible, David. You're a former quarterback. Uh, call audible right here. Hey, Ken, can
1: can can can. I don't know what he read and what he didn't. But Jonathan Villa with a five dollar donation, Kiffin to A and M. Timing after Ole Miss losing is interesting. Little brother move with Sark at UT Sexton his agent to all three. Maybe he did read that one.
0: Yeah, he 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 did read that one. Um, um, which, uh, go ahead. Okay, so. Dive in there. Uh, See, this is when Justin needs a... Ross, $2 donation.
1: Jaden Daniels is a witch. I'm sorry if if, if he's already read these. Christopher, $5 donation. My Sooners got back on track yesterday. They looked really good. Mm -hmm. Um, $5 donation from Anthony. Go back and look at the Bama 2017 roster. It's easy. Just turn on your TV today. They are all in the NFL. Auburn beat them in 2017. War Eagle, believe.
2: Look,
0: I am never... Listen, I am never... You know, Anthony, I'm pretty sure you you have kept up with me long enough to know I am never going to I picked Auburn to beat Alabama before the year in the Iron
1: Bowl to get um, to eight wins. So, um, so but yeah. Steve's action figure happen. Frenzy said, uh David Blaine missed my dono. Well, Steve, you know what? Since this is the week of punishments not being commensurate with uh crimes, we're gonna just kill Blaine. Yeah, so, we're hey gonna go, we're Steve. gonna
0: actually uh lure Blaine outside at some point over the next week and uh
1: (laughs) i think that's all the donations and if i'm wrong i'm sorry
0: um well david first off i appreciate that apology uh i have got no idea but i trust you uh we appreciate you guys uh any any parting shots here david and anything that you want to leave the people with (laughs)
1: No, I just thanks, everybody, for watching today. We're, we're into the championship rounds here. You know, even if your team is not in the running for the college football playoff or going to win the Super Bowl, please keep checking us out down the stretch of football season here. It's going to be a fantastic finish.
0: You know, it's like they say, uh, you know, when, when, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Uh, what I say is this going to be like a Justin Timberlake concert here at the end. It's going to be thick.
1: Also, right. I think there's going to be some pretty huge announcements for Crane and Company in the next few weeks, here, guys. So y'all stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, maybe
0: we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, I'm officially playing quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals now, so I'm jumping the on there. Is that um, is
1: that a big announcement now? The way they've been playing. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I'd feel pretty bad about it if I was a Cardinals fan, honestly. Um, I, w- I would go ahead and you know hang out with Jameson Williams and bet against myself. But we'll never bet against you guys. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Check us out live each weekday, 6.30 a.m. Central to 8 a.m. Central, 7.30 a.m. Eastern to 9 a.m. Eastern. Outside of that, I don't know the other time zones, but I'm sure y'all can figure it out. We appreciate you guys. Y'all are the best. Got live calls tomorrow, live chat. Got great guests talking everything college football, NFL, college basketball this weekend, some big games. Arizona beats Duke. That plus five and a half was stealing. But we appreciate you guys. Enjoy the NFL watching today. See if my wife can't win us some more money on these any time touchdown scores. We'll catch you guys tomorrow live, 6.30 a.m. Central.